0: I'm not going to hold as long. I know uh, we're getting back into the groove of school and the first few days, a little grueling for everybody involved. And so I want to make sure that we, I get you out enough time so that you can get home. Our parents can get home and um, get settled in for, uh, for tomorrow's school. Amen. But if you all just hold on with me, uh, we'll be out of here in a little bit. Um, Proverbs chapter four, verse number 20. Verse number 20, I'm reading from the New King James, and they, y'all might not have all the stuff that I that I, I, I sent y'all. I sent y'all just a condensed version of what I, what I needed to send, but y'all pr- work with me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank God for our AV committee. Hallelujah. They do such a wonderful job, even when I don't give them all my notes. Hallelujah. <laughs> when God speaks to me at the last minute, they be looking at me like, what are you doing? But thank God for them. Amen. Uh, so Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 20, And uh, let's, let's hear the words of Solomon speaking. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart or your mind. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Then he says this, keep your heart or your mind, with all diligence for out of it, now look at these words, spring the issues of life. I want to just highlight that 23rd verse. Keep your heart with all diligence because this is how we're going to deal with the blessed life and breakthrough. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs or another translation says flows the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Um, the manifestation of the blessed life or a person who is blessed and God has touched and blessed begins with the right heart attitude. The right heart attitude or the right mind and attitude. If the mind is off, then the blessing will be far away. If, say that if the mind is off, the, is the off. blessing will be far away. And so, and so, seeds or or acts uh, that or, or things that we do to produce the blessed life don't just grow uh, anywhere. It has to grow in the right soil. Right. The soil has to be right for anything to grow. Right. Amen? Amen. And so, the the condition of the heart or the condition of the mind has to be right so that the soil, so that the the seed of the word can grow within us. Right. It's not enough. We talked about Sunday about meditation. It's not enough just to meditate and just. Just, just go through rituals. The mind has to be right in order for the seed of the word to be able to, to grow in the mind. So so uh, somebody write this down if you're taking notes. The, the heart is the ground where your harvest first begins. The heart is the ground where your harvest first begins. The heart is the ground where your harvest first begins. You don't just get a harvest because you love God. You don't, now watch this. You don't just get a harvest just because you sowed seed. You get a harvest when you learn how to cultivate, and and this goes with meditation also, when you learn how to cultivate your heart or your mind, that is the ground. When your mind is cultivated correctly by the word of God, that's where the harvest begins. You see a harvest before you ever get a harvest. And so the word of God is is the first seed that's planted in you so that you can receive a harvest. Say the word of God God. is the first seed planted planted within me. me. The Bible says, watch this, to keep or guard your heart with all diligence. Because out out of the area of your mind flows the issues of life. This is what the Lord began to speak to me. He said, tell them that they have to be relentless in the protection of their heart. You have to, you have to guard and protect what goes into your mind and what you allow to process consistently. Yeah, okay. Got to be very careful. So, so this is, this is, this is going to be one of our homework assignments outside of sewing something valuable, which we're going to even do even further on Sunday. Um, your homework assignment between now and next Tuesday is to catch every thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Catch every thought. What do you think about the most? Some of you may have to keep your phone next to you. If you're rebuking thoughts, if you're casting down imaginations, you make a log of the things that, that, the things that plague your mind the most. Yeah. If you don't know this, you don't know, you, you will never understand spiritual warfare. You'll never understand spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not, I was talking to someone about this Sunday, spiritual warfare is not the devil coming in your room and paralyzing you so you can't wake up out your sleep. That, that may be a piece of it, but the real spiritual warfare is him trying to bombard your mind with a series of thoughts that get you to, to, to feel like the word of God is not going to manifest in your life. Yes. That's spiritual warfare and the way we fight him back is with the sword of the spirit we're going to have to we're going to have to be people who love the word if not then the enemy's going to constantly suggest and you're going to constantly receive then you're going to constantly meditate on what he said until what he what he's spoken that is wrong and against the word of God begins to come to pass in your mind and in your life because you you spend enough time rehearsing it thinking it thinking it Okay, let me ask a question. How many of you, when, whenever it's time to pray or if it's time for you to read the word or if it's time for you to get still before the Lord, um, just have, a, have, have had in the hard, a hard time in the past, just, just getting your mind ready to do that? It's time to read the words. And all of a sudden, what happened? Pow, something pops up. You got to fix, oh, for, oh, don't forget dinner. Something pops up. Oh, God, oh, 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 you got to fill out those papers for your child. It always happens because that is a spiritual warfare. How do you know that you're going through spiritual warfare? And how do you know that, that the enemy is waging war and this war is something that you need to fight back against? The, the answer is this. What are you now doing? You go all day long, and you may have a thought here or there that's a little contrary. You know, the blood of Jesus prevails. I have rebuke that. But when it comes time for you to start thinking about, about areas of your spiritual walk with God, prayer, how God is going to use you, then all of a sudden, these thoughts start hitting your mind, and the enemy starts making you believe that you can't be used by God, God has forsaken you, your sin is stopping you from being used by God, and all the stuff that all the things that, that, he, that he's fighting you with has to do with, with watches what you have now set your mind towards. You ever know, think about starting a business and you're like, look, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm getting this together. I'm getting the paperwork. I'm starting to write down the vision and the goals of this thing and things are starting to happen. And then all of a sudden you get this one thought that is not going to work. You get this one thought that, 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 that you're going to be out here looking foolish. You're going to be out here telling everybody that you got a business and no clients are going to show up. You're not going to be able to have enough month. And all these thoughts will start flooding your mind. Because that's an area that the enemy is fighting you with warfare It means that God wants to bless this. Anything, anything that that is worth the enemy fighting is something that that is worth pursuing. Anything that the enemy spends his time sending a spirit to fight your mind or trying to convince you that this is not going to happen, it's not going to work, you won't be broke the rest of your life, you're never going to have it, if you're going to live paycheck to paycheck, your bills will never get paid. Whenever the enemy has enough energy to fight you like that, that's where you need to dig in the most and start pushing against that. Somebody shout, "That's that's spiritual warfare. Now, why does the enemy wage war? Why does the enemy wage war? especially in the area of finances. The enemy wage war in the area, he wages war in the area of finances because he does not want God's kingdom to be financed. He does not want God's kingdom to be financed. It's not just about you lying in your pockets. Uh, God says, I want to bless you so that I can establish my covenant in the earth. The covenant of God is that his kingdom would reign. That That is, that, that, that is, that is the, whole, that's the whole idea of covenant with God. He wants his kingdom to reign on this earth. He wants his kingdom to reign so that everyone who doesn't know him can come to know him. There has to be places where people can go to to learn about God. The local church is necessary. I know people tell me, you know, I got my own personal relationship with God. I do this by myself. No, you need a church. You need a pastor. You need somebody that can, that can have spiritual authority over you and, and somebody that can watch over your soul and commission you and send you out. That, that, is, a, that is a key necessity to, to being in the kingdom. The enemy's job is to stop us from being able to fund the kingdom of God and to stop us from being able to be used in God's kingdom. Right. Yeah. If he can stop that, then guess what? Then he wins. Right. Who witnesses? Who lays hands on the sick? Who baptizes? You see what I'm saying? Right. If, if, our, if our only goal in this life is to, is to make money, to, to have money in our pocket, and that's it, to buy stuff, then you're not kingdom minded. Amen. If that's our only goal is just pay these bills off, you're not kingdom minded. Amen. Your your thinking has not been transformed. You are still thinking like the world. Right. The Bible says, "Don't be conformed to the world." The way the world thinks is, "I gotta get. I can't wait till Friday. I gotta make this money. Ooh, don't. I, I can't miss no days. I gotta make this money. Cause I gotta pay these bills. And I got something I gotta do. That's the way the world thinks. If I'm if our thinking is gonna be transformed, we gotta think past Friday. My wife and I stopped thinking monthly a long time ago. Right. You got to stop thinking monthly. If you're thinking, if you're thinking monthly, then you still have the world. Amen. You have to start thinking yearly, right. bi-yearly. Right. What, happens, what happens when God blesses you enough that you'll be able to pay all your bills off for five years? Right. What do you do then? Some people wouldn't even know what to do because they've been spending their, their life worrying about month to month, right. 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 bill to bill. That, that after that, all i are going to want to do is just spin and shop. Because part of being in the kingdom is, write this down, I have to have an investor's mindset. Yeah. Have to have an investor's mindset. An investor is one who puts, who puts something valuable up on the table to further another cause. If you have an idea and you say, look, I got this great idea. I need to find an investor to help me with this idea. You go and pitch the idea to the investor. The idea of the investor, the idea goes to the investor and the investor uh, decides, is this something that I want to put money in to help push? If that investor pushes that, then the investor doesn't push that and walk away and never see no return. The investor pushes that in in lieu of, at, at this point, I believe in this so much that at this point, I'll, I'll come back and I would have doubled my investment. Right. Right. I'm, I'm going to walk away with more than I put in. Right. And a lot of people, as far as it, as, it, as it pertains to the kingdom of God, we don't think investor. Right. We think, oh, God, protection. Right. 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 We think protection. I'm giving this so, I'm, so, so the devil don't get my stuff. We don't think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest into the kingdom of God and over time, this is gonna yield a greater return for me so that I can have more to invest again. This is what the Bible says He gives seed to the sower. Why? Because the, when you sow, it's, you give, it shall give, and it shall be given unto you. Good, every time I say that, it's never gonna be right ever again. Every time I say give, it's gonna be I'm gonna think that so good measure pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Why are men gonna give back into your bosom? Why is God gonna to touch somebody? Why is God gonna to touch a situation so that you can have more? Because that becomes more seed that I can sow again. We shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck. We should be going from seed to seed. Woo! Glory. I don't live paycheck to paycheck. I don't go from money to money. I go from seed to seed. I'm sowing the seed because I'm waiting for the next opportunity to sow again. All right, so, so in our text, he says, he says, keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the what? Issues of life. The word, Underline the word issues. The word issues in, in, in Proverbs 4 simply means the boundaries of life. Keep your heart, protect your heart with all diligence for out of it, you're going to establish the boundaries of your life. The boundaries of our life are, are now listen to this, the boundaries of our life are determined by our hearts or our minds. If the mind is not renewed, then the boundaries will be out of bounds. Everything is, everything is, 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 is never off limits. But then when consequences hit, people whose mind is not right, they wonder, why is all this what the world calls bad luck happening to me? All that's happening is there's a manifestation coming of the things that have not been solidified through boundaries. We get boundaries to our children because, not because we don't want them to to, to explore and see life. We get boundaries to our children because we don't want them to get hurt. Be in this house by 1130. Well, everybody, this is happening. Then they're gonna be my people and all my friends, and i being here by eleven now. Dad, mom, okay, being here by ten thirty. It's eight o'clock now. Okay, don't go then. That's not me. Now watch. That's not me trying to spoil your fun. The first time I gave you was a reasonable time from the time we're talking about that you're leaving this house for you to have all the fun you're going to have, talk all you're going to, go to the movie, go out to eat, play you know you understand what I'm saying? Do all the stuff you're going to do and be back in this house with enough time for you to get in bed and do what you got to do tomorrow. That does not mean that I'm trying to stop you and hinder your fun. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there's a time where your fun becomes no fun. If that makes sense. Yeah. After a while, what you consider fun becomes dangerous for your soul. Yes. Y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, the boundaries of, our, of the boundaries of our life are set by our own hearts. Your success, every victory, every, everything that God's gonna do, every enlargement that God has for you is based on the state of your heart. So, write this down if you're taking notes. How often do I do a heart check? Or, or, mind check. How often do I do I do I test my motives? Do I test why I'm doing what I'm doing? How often do I question my own self? So, why does the Bible say, uh, "Guard your hearts," or, 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 or uh, keep your heart with all diligence? Why, why does why does the Bible say that? Because if you're going to be a sower and a reaper and, and, and get a harvest and live the blessed life, you're going to have to always protect your heart to always stay in rhythm of reaping. Reaping, ha- reaping happens in rhythms. It happens based on what you've sown. If I continually sow, I continually reap. But if I sow con- con- uh, uh, inconsistently, then, then I'm, I'm reaping inconsistently. Now I'm wondering, when's the next time I'm going to sow? I always, I, my family always reaps because always, we're always in positions where we have to keep sowing. Even when it hurts, we sow. Even if it's not a high amount, we sow. Why? Because well, I always want to be in a position where my family can always reap. Right. And I don't want there to be a long season in between the seed I sowed and the time I see a harvest. Right. I don't want there to be long because the Bible says as long as the earth remains, there will be seed that's sown, time that goes, and then you receive a harvest. So before you can ever see a harvest, you got to sow seed, you got to wait some time, then you'll see harvest. But what happens if you're constantly sowing? If you're constantly sowing, and it's not always about money, you can, you can sow a smile. You could be driving and somebody needs to get in and there's a long line behind you. Do you sow? I got somewhere I got to go. But that person that, that, that really needed to get in right. is sitting there saying, please, Lord, I just need somebody to help me. One time I remember, one, one time years, years ago, it had to have been like maybe 16 years ago, I was driving, and I was like, I heard God tell me, let this person in. It was on a highway. You know how it goes down to one lane, and the and Lord said, let this, let this man in. I looked up at him. I was like, oh. We get up 10 minutes later. And now, on the other side, my lane is closing. And I'm up there, I'm like, oh, he's going to this first. I look over and guess who's waiting to let me, who has to let me in? Same the same man that I wouldn't let in. And I don't think he paid attention, it was dark. I looked at him. Mm-hmm. But now that it's my turn to get to, and I need a break. Right. I'm like, beep beep, can I come over? He said, mm-mm, <laughs> and I was stuck there for 10 minutes. I was stuck in this place with the little sign in front of me flashing move over to the, to the next lane for 10 minutes and nobody would let me over. Mm-hmm. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, you miss an opportunity to sow a seed. Mm-hmm. You miss an opportunity because we think seed is just all money. Right. Seed is opportunity. Right. A seed is, is helping somebody else. Yes. A seed is saying a kind word. Y'all hot just me. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Okay. Wait, wait, we sit in the Sahara. Why ain't nobody saying something? <laughs> Sit up here in the Sahara. Somebody should have been like, Bishop, it's, a, it's a All right. Uh, so, so what does a sower really need to guard and protect their heart from? What does a sower really, really need to guard their heart and protect their heart from? The sower needs a guard to guard and protect their heart from number one complaining and murmuring. I'm gonna tell you why that's a big thing. You ever sowed a seed and you know that God was in that seed? but it's taking forever for that harvest to come. You're like, wait a minute, God. I didn't sow this seed, and this is a good seed. I know this is good ground. I didn't did this in faith, and I believed you. It's been four months. What's going on with this? This is what happens. When you believe, and, and, and this is something I had to learn. When you believe in God for something big, it has to grow in you first. It has to grow in you first. Remember, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Why do you have to become it first? Because you'll never be comfortable with it if you don't become it first. So God has to build it in you through his word, through meditating his word, like we talked on Sunday, you have to meditate it until that thing is built inside of you. If you only believe in God for a one bedroom or studio apartment, you can manifest that thing in around about a month because you can see yourself in that, in that thing. But if you, you got to believe God for 10 bedrooms, 7,000 square feet. Right. Then you're going to have to meditate walking through 7,000 square feet of house. Yeah, it. <laughs> it takes time for you to meditate that to get that image within you. Right. It takes time for you to get that in you. Yeah. He that finds a wife right, finds a good thing. If you don't believe you're a wife, then he ain't looking for you. Because right. <laughs> when he comes and he's, he's expecting a wife, you still want to be a girlfriend. So the process takes longer. Okay, Lord, okay, forget it. The process takes longer because the image of that wife wasn't already in you. You haven't spoken to other wives. Oh, Lord. You haven't gotten around other wives who, who were successful at marriage or found out the keys of what it takes to be a good wife. You haven't found that out yet, so when he comes, the biggest argument is going to be over what he's expecting from you as a wife. And you're gonna be like, I ain't nobody slave, ain't nobody gonna tell me to do no laundry. Now it now you're the one, but I but we got issues here. And then if we get married with the issues, I never got the wife. Oh God. You never got the protector, you never got the covering. Now you're upset with him because because before you said I do, you never became. Does that make sense? You can't be upset because because there wasn't enough time given to become. So this is what God does. He says, what I have for you is yes and amen. It's already done deal, but you have to become it before you walk in it. So you got to protect your heart from complaining and murmuring. You You have to protect your heart from distrust. Write it down, distrust. It's very easy to not trust God when God promised to bless you after you sowed the seed right. because you don't see it come to pass yet. Right. It's very easy. The children of Israel, their whole attitude was murmuring, complaining, distrust, suspicion. All of the stuff that they went through had nothing to do with God's promise. Right. God promises it. He said, I, gotta, I have a land. He constantly told them, flowing milk and honey, it's yours. Go in there, take out the giants, and it's your land. And then, and then, he, then he, watches. he let them go in and see it, bring the fruit from it back, and still they didn't trust God. So when a heart is entrusted, you can have a great word from God. When, 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 a, heart, when a heart is not protected, you can have a great word from God. You can have so many promises on the table. You can have a, a season that you're ready to step into. You could be so close to your promise that you can go and look in it and bring fruit back from it. But why doesn't it happen? Because the heart was never guarded. The mind was never guarded. All right? So uh, go to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 and 1. Let me read it to you. We, we dealt with this a little bit last, last uh, Tuesday. And it shall come to pass, Deuteronomy 28.1, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Let me give you three postures, three postures or conditions of the heart that the seed grows out of. The seed being the word of God. Say the seed is the word of God. The seed of the seed produces the blessed life. So the seed of the word of God produces it. We talked Sunday about meditating. The more I meditate on the word, I say it, I see it, I become it, I believe it. The more that happens is, is the more that I step into the blessed life. And there are three, three states of the heart or postures or conditions of the heart that the seed grows in, the word of God grows in so that it can produce the blessed life for you. All right? The first, the first part of this is the heart that hears and obeys. The heart that hears and obeys. Say that the heart that hears and obeys. The heart that hears and obeys. You can listen to a person but not but not hear them. Yes. Children, children do this all the time. I'm talking to Blake and Bryce. I said to them today, how about school? Blake said. He looking right at me. I said, "Hey, buddy, how was school today?" Bryce was like, "It was wonderful. I love my class." I said, "Blake, how was school today?" He said, "I said, do you hear me talking to you?" He goes, "Yeah." He was listening, but he wasn't hearing. Now watch this. I said, "I looked at him. I said, I put my hands on his face. Look at me. How was school?" He said. Oh, I loved it. I said, "What's the matter with you?" I'm so hungry, though. <laughs> you know, Blake is a little—he's a little comedian, a little actor. I'm so hungry, though. I said, "So how come you couldn't hear what I was saying to you?" I can't hear because of my stomach. <laughs> That's what he said. I can't hear because of my stomach. He was listening, but he was not hearing. A lot of us do this to God. All right. To hear simply means, watch this, to listen with an intent to do something. To hear God, hear his word, it means to listen with the intent to do something. Say, I'm listening. listening. Say, I hear God. God. I'm listening. I'm going to do it. it. Watch this. When a believer has a hearing heart or a heart that hears and does, they're constantly eager to respond to what God says. So watch this. A person who, a person who doesn't have a heart or a mind that wants to hear and do is a person, that watches that, 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 that blocks God out. So, so watch this. God will say to me, son, sow this seed. This is exactly what I want you to give. The Holy Spirit will say it to me. This is what God says. Give so-and-so. I said, oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm on. I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm on board. Watch. But there have been seasons when God told me to sow, and I just act like I didn't hear them. I'm like, Ooh. And I and, and I heard a priest, I, a, the Lord said, There's three of you in here. God said, God said, There's three of you in here, and two people are standing already. Right. Right. <laughs> ain't nobody else even look at their wallet, they look at their trying to pull up their bank records because God is talking to me. Right. And I'm I'm sitting there going, Oh, the blood of Jesus. I'm singing songs. I'm trying to get, trying to avoid this. <laughs> you made a way. I'm, I'm going to avoid this. I'm going to get in worship to avoid it. And I start worshiping and he'll be like, yeah, cut the music. The Lord said there's another person in here. I'm like, and, and, and watch it." My flesh says, why are you messing with me? So my flesh says, why are you messing with me? Watch this. When you have, a, when you have a, a mind to hear and do, it doesn't take God wrestling with you for you to produce. You want to know what happened? In that same service, I, I, I just tuned it all out, and, and then God had to touch somebody else. The other person said, I'm going to do it. Okay, those are the three people the Lord says going to do it. Now, the other person got my miracle because God told me to do it. I reasoned out that five hundred dollars was a lot for me in this season. Y'all quiet. I only have seven, and he asked me for five, and that's a lot for me in this season. Holy Spirit. The next night of the revival, the same person that, that wasn't in line for the miracle says, "Whoa, I got a testimony. Offering time. I got a testimony. I got a testimony. I went to the courthouse today." And I had this case going on, and I just told God, give me the opportunity so that I can get this case won. And I won the case and got $100,000. And the church started dancing. And I'm sitting there going like this. Mm. Because I needed God to do something for me. And the way that he was going to do it for me was he had to challenge me in a way, watch this, that my heart had to hear and do. Oh, Lord. Okay. And watch this, God will always challenge you to do something, not just giving money, but, but God will challenge you to go back and apologize to somebody. He'll, come on now. God will challenge you to do something that is outside of what you call your character because it's not really you. He'll challenge you to do something. God will challenge you to bless somebody that you don't even care for. He'll challenge you to do it. Why does he do that kind of stuff? Because he's trying to get you to come out of the flesh. Yeah. To move into living life in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. We wrestle against flesh and blood when we when we think stuff out emotionally yeah. rather than going spiritually and, and letting, letting God bless us the way that he has intended to bless us because we followed him. Yeah. Woo! All right. All uh, right. The foundation of having having a heart that hears and does, watch this, involves a strong intent to practice truth. Write this down. I have to practice truth. It doesn't come naturally. It does not come naturally. Practicing truth is not something that you wake up in the morning saying you want to do. Lord Jesus but that's the foundation of having a heart that hears and uh, hears and does. It is a person that is intentional on practicing truth. All right. So the first one, the, 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 the first way that we uh, that, that, that our hearts are postured uh, for, for, the, for the blessed life is what? Have a hear a heart that hears and does. Right. The second one uh, in, in, that, in, that, in, that, in that same scripture is having a heart that sees and receives truth having a heart that sees and receives truth. If you want to be a person that's going to live the blessed life, you're going to have to have a heart or a mind that sees and receives truth. Amen, somebody. Amen. Look at Joshua one eight. the second part of it. He says, to observe and to do all, to observe and to do, to observe and to do all of his commandments which I command you this day. A heart that, that... uh and let, let, me, let, let, me, let me say it like this, a heart that sees and receives truth is a heart that has the ability to keep and maintain truth before you constantly. How much do you flood your mind with truth? How much do you flood your mind with truth? And what's the need for flooding your mind and your, your, mind, your mind really uh, with, with truth? If there's anything in you that desires to, be, to, to do anything that's contrary to truth, in one area, you could be one hundred percent all in. I'm doing it God's way. In another area, you could be thirty percent. You know, I'm 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 not gonna rob God, but I, I I will rob somebody else. Come on, I mean, like I mean, if we could be honest, if come if we could be honest and not and not play Easter Sunday today. In one area, you could be like, look, I'm gonna be all. I'm not robbing God because I know there's a, there's a consequence that goes with that. Listen, how many, you know what, the machine went out. How many hours did you work last week? 85? <laughs> Y'all quiet. Y'all get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's the ability to maintain truth and keep it before you constantly. Now, th- this is my question. Why do, why do, why do we do that? Let's let's just talk for a minute. Why do, why do we, why do we do that? Why is it that in some areas we're 1,000% good, other areas we're like struggling? Somebody talk to me. Come on, say something to me. Not ready to let go. go. What else? Wanting to win. win. All right, those are good. Anybody else? Don't have the flesh under control. control. Somebody else? Lack of faith in that area. Lack of word in that area. All of these are are 100% honest and true answers. A lot of times, the reason why we do that is because we have allowed ourselves to be okay with struggling in an area. Oh, hallelujah. We've we've been okay with it. Because what we do is, if there's a struggle somewhere, we don't confront the struggle. We automatically go to how how many good things we do. Amen, saints. Y'all looking like, oh, not I, bishop. Not I. What we do is we don't like confronting areas that we need help and deliverance in because we spend a lot of our time thinking about the areas we're wonderful in. And if somebody just, God forbid, happens to fall short in the area that we got deliverance over, we demonize them. You don't gossip, but if somebody else gossip, you're like, the blood prevails against that. How are you going to be a gossip and Satan filled with the Holy Spirit? Until, until something, something that's out of order in you starts to show up, then it's like, judge not, lest you be judged. Y'all real quiet tonight. Come on. Come on. That's how that's how the church does. Yeah. Judge. The Bible said, don't judge. You can't judge me. Come on. Only God can judge me, which is not truthful. It's not, it's not really real. We ought to judge by the word of God. Okay. But anyway, that's a whole, whole other night. But this is what we do. I know I'm struggling over here, but I'm not going to deal with that. In His time, God will handle this. Y'all quiet. See, all church folks know what I'm telling the truth. When God is ready, come on. When I'm mature enough to go to the next level before I go there, God will help me deal with this. No, the Bible said today is the day of salvation. Work out your own soul salvation. Come on, with fear and trembling. Most of us, this is what we do. Lord. You know I'm struggling in an area. I'm struggling in an area. First of all, it's many areas for all of us. And, and it's not a struggle you've given all the way in. A struggle means you're wrestling. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a Come on, I'm, I'm warring against my flesh. It ain't no war here. Like, OK. That ain't no struggle. <laughs> One time I was praying and I said, Lord, I'm struggling. The Lord said, no, tell me you're a sinner. I said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner in this area. In this area of my life, I'm a sinner. I need, your, I need the blood. I need your help. I need you to. See, you can, you can never have and you can never really truly live the blessed life until you're honest with who you are. Amen. Write that down. I have to be honest with who I am. Yeah. All right. Got to be honest with who you are. The third posture of the heart that causes you, causes that seed to grow to produce a blessed life is the heart that practices and constantly does the word of God. The heart that practices and constantly does the word of God. The heart that constantly, that practices and constantly does the word of God. Say so I, have, I, have I have to practice and I have to do, have to do. the word. When, when we start, now, now think about this. Nobody, nobody gets saved and just knows how to do everything godly. I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves so we think we have to be at level 49,000 because somebody else is at 49,000 when the truth is your level is really five. I'm okay with my level being five. I just have to learn how to master five so I can go to six. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Write this down. Write this down. Tonight, I take the pressure off myself. Take the pressure off yourself. Take the pressure off yourself. Because a lot, a lot of us are struggling not because the devil's fighting us. We're struggling because we have too much pressure on ourselves. If you're going to live the blessed life, you're gonna to have to have a heart that practices and constantly does the word of God. It has to be an ongoing thing. It has to be, this has to be the practice of your life. And sometimes you're gonna miss it. Oh, please say it, man. You're looking like No, I I miss it. I miss it. I don't always hit that. We're all gonna miss it sometimes. This Bible says we press towards the mark. You're gonna miss it sometimes. Sometimes you ain't gonna to want to pray and you're gonna miss it. Right. Right. Next time, and God may pop you for that. Right. But next time it's time to pray, you're gonna shut up on the right. Because I learned before. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna miss no more seasons. I'm not gonna miss another prayer time. I'm not gonna miss an opportunity to sow good seed. I'm not gonna miss an opportunity to bless somebody. Yeah. Sometimes it takes you missing and messing up in order for you to become. In church, I want to talk about that. We don't talk about that because even when, even as, as it pertains to living a blessed life, you're not going to get everything always right. None of us in here perfect. Anybody here going to fly out of here tonight and go home flying? In spirit, yes, but not in this body. And nobody, no, God, none of us going to be like that. Watch this. Everything that you do for God, even working in the gifts of the spirit, is practice. Flowing into prophetic is practice. You hear what I'm saying? Everything you do. This is why even um um, um those who work in carpentry, you become an apprentice because you're gonna hit your finger a couple of times with that hammer. You ever seen? You ever seen somebody hammering and just be like, put one nail and go pow? They be like, you were like, that's good. But I wouldn't dare try that, especially if if you're not if you're not uh, savvy with with with, with uh, you know all that stuff. Now, you ever seen somebody else do, 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 do something and you'd be like, I can do that, and then you do it and mess up? The reason why they're able to do it is because they've spent enough time practicing it. That word if I hit on my heart that I might not sin against thee is practicing the word. We, the, the, church, the church just wants you to become so much sometimes that we don't teach the importance of practicing. We want you to become. We, we do. We do. We want you to be who God called you to be. We don't want you to fall short. We don't want you to miss tomorrow. But the truth is, Amen. there'll be many, 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 if I stay here until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, may, and say many, 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 many times, a gazillion times that you're not going to hit it all the way. Amen. And watch. You have to be okay, watch this, with bouncing back from a bad season. Amen. You missed a season again. Now it looks like from that, nothing, is, nothing good is coming financially. Bounce back from it. Yeah. Living a blessed life is not about just producing wealth as much as it is practicing being a giver. Yeah. If seed is going to come to sowers, there's going to be some times where you're not going to feel like sowing and you probably won't. Yeah. But when you see what comes from that, something ought to twist and you ought to say, well, I got to keep practicing this. Until it becomes a part of you. Nobody gets saved and automatically becomes perfect in all the gifts, perfect in giving, perfect in attendance, perfect No, it takes somebody to shout. It takes time. It takes time time for you to become who God's called you to be. And people say, well, Jesus had the disciples for three years, but he was Jesus. And he breathed on them. (laughs) Received the Holy Ghost. Okay, how much I blow on you? I ain't Jesus. You may feel the presence of God come all over you, but I'm not Jesus. And you ain't one of the disciples. You a modern-day disciple. You a modern-day apostle. But you ain't walk with Jesus like that. <laughs> you don't, you, 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 wasn't, you wasn't rolling on the sea and, and saw Jesus walk by you and say, not greater works, you know you do it. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna get up out their tub tonight and step up on top of the water. But, oh. Ain't nobody going swimming. I'm tired of this. I'm getting out of this water and walk across the water. If you got that kind of power, lay hands on me. Come on, I need some of that. <laughs> the heart that, watch this. The heart, the, I'm, I'm trying to laugh. you. The heart that is conditioned to live on the truth of God's word when it's heard is going to be the heart that excels. And and I'm I'm making a big deal about, and I've been making a big deal about in the last few sermons about meditating the word, understanding the word, doing the word, and knowing the word. Because if you if we can't get that, we'll never be able to produce anything. Everything that you want to see in God, you're going to have to produce it. Say I, I am a producer. God has given us a level of creativity to see things that he's promised us. So if, so if, I, say, if I say, okay, there's, there's a business for you, and, and, and whatever you touch is going to prosper. I don't know what that business is. you got to see that business and be like, okay, the business is this. You have to give life to it. you got to speak what it is based on the gifting that God's put inside of you. For him, it might be a financial business. For her, it might be a lawn business. For this one, it might be a drawing business. It might be a cartoon business. Whatever it is, but you have to create it based on what God's put inside of you. And in order for that to happen, you can't do that with just your imagination by itself. You have to have the word because if you try to do all of it in your mind, you'll have a breakdown. You and I cannot produce a blessed life in and of ourselves with just our imagination, our mindset. People go crazy doing that. It's too much pressure for the mind. All right, so let, let, me, let me give you, what time is it? Okay, we'll go to 8.15 and we're done. Um, the two heart, let, let me, let's talk a little bit about the, the two heart tests of the blessed life. If I'm going to walk in the blessed life, if I'm going to be who God called me to be and have the blessed life, my heart is going to be tested in two ways. My heart is going to be tested, say, in two ways. two ways. The first way your heart is going to be uh, tested when, 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 you, when you're getting set up for the blessed life is God's going to test how you act and respond when you have a lot or you get blessed. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna, he's gonna ask and, and, and require of you to give an account of, and he's going to see how you act and how you respond when you have a lot or when you've gotten blessed. This is good teaching. How do you respond? Now, 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 think about this. Think about this. Can we be real honest for like three minutes? Can we be real honest with you? How many have ever gotten a tax return that was more than what you expected and you were just so happy? Anybody ever got more money, a raise on your job, or any kind of financial gain, and you were really happy about it? All right. After you spent the money, or after the money came, or you got used to that level, did you keep the excitement? No. 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 Well, this, this is our issue. The issue is, God was testing you with more to see if you could consistently remain in that place in your attitude, in your mindset. Think about it. If somebody just gave you $10 million, your whole posture is going to change. Your mind going to change. You, I guarantee you, I don't care how frugal you are, you're not going to be spending all your money in no dollar store. Challenge me on it. <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing. Some of y'all will. But if you have $10 million, if you have $10 million accessible to your hands, all liquid, $10 million, I can touch right now, I guarantee you, you might go in there and get a paper towel because it's right next to your home or something, but you ain't going to be in there sp- spending all your money on, on dollar store items. Not with 10 million. Not living in a multi-million dollar mansion. Think about that. So watch this. If you wouldn't do it with 10 million, why do you do it with 1,000 or why do you do it with 100? Why is that our mindset? And I have nothing against a dollar store. I really don't. I don't have anything against going to Dollar General. I have nothing against it. It's just that I don't want to start shifting when I get there. God tests you. Watch this. He acts. He looks at you to see how you act and how you respond when you are blessed. Because this is what a lot of people do. They get blessed and then they and then they start acting different. Do you depend now watch this? Do you depend on your money now? Okay. Do you depend on how on, Do you depend on how much you get now? Does that control your praise? Does that control your attitude? Does that control how, how many other people you can bless? Right. Or you should bless? Wow. I ain't never had that much left in my life. Be a blessing. I ain't got nothing left. I have to pay I gotta pay my bills. But, it, it, but watch like, this. Did God, did God prompt you to be a blessing? Did God prompt you to, to pay for somebody's dinner? You out eating at IHOP, and God said, Pay for the person over there. You're like, Lord, I'm looking at what they're eating first. <laughs> they got the Rudy Tootie. <laughs> He's eating the kid's meal, a Rudy Tootie. I'll pay for it. <laughs> got a grown man eating the Rudy Tootie because he ate, his stomach is small. He eating the Rudy Tootie Jr. You look on the menu, that's 499. Oh, I got that in Jesus' name. It's wanna be a blessing to you, sir. And you walk away feeling good. Well, you well, well, is that who God told you to pay for? Because I'm gonna tell you how God works. God'll have you, you be there, you're like, Lord, I just want to be blessing to somebody. I just feel like they'll be blessed. Well, who do I bless? And God'll be like, over there in the corner in the back on the right. And you'll be like that, and they back there eating a T bone. And when they, and when when God shows you, they're asking the waitress for another order of pancakes. Oh, can I get another order, like two orders of pancakes? I just feel like I'm hungry tonight, extra hungry. I feel like I want to eat another T-bone too. And God be like, pay for that one. And you sitting there like, God, come on. The same way I was sitting at that service. And the gentleman was like, shame on you, bishop. you be the same one. Like, oh, God, I just Lord, I just want, to, oh, Lord. How do I? Do? God is testing you because what he wants to know is when I bless you, how are you going to act? Watch this. This 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 other way God, that, that God tests you to see if you're ready for the blessed life. Can you walk away from everything today? <laughs> Look at that. We didn't hit a nerve in the service. Can you walk away from everything you have? Can you start from zero again? We don't like to even talk like this, but this, this is the kind of stuff that has to be challenged in our hearts. Can you walk away from everything? We left New York, and I was like, I don't want to leave New York because I just, Lord, I just, I'm, this is home. I just got everything here. I'm comfortable. We got a nice place here. We just moved into a brand new three, three floor, three bedroom, three bathroom condo, and it's wonderful, and we've never had nothing like this. We've been struggling in ministry, struggling in our lives, and we had nothing. Now that we've been in here for a few months, God say, move to Virginia. And I was like, are you serious? We, it seems like things are just now set. We've been praying to get here. Anybody been like that in the season? Like, you, you pray to get to a place and God be like, nope, that ain't it. We've been praying to get here. This is what we've been praying for. Lord, all of our kids at the time, we only had a few. All our kids got a room. <laughs> Everybody got their own space. We got three floors. This is wonderful. You didn't work the miracle. God, thank you for what you've done. Invited the whole church over. We had a watch night service at the house. Everybody eating, and we brought in the new year eating food. And it was, water. oh, God, you're so good. Then right after that, God was like, leave. Huh? I mean, you. You're going to have to tell me this for, in, uh, by the mouth of a few prophets. And one by one, they started calling. One by one, they started calling. So I'm like, oh, well, we got time. I'll do this for a few years a few years. The last prophet called said, the Lord said, get to Virginia before winter. Now, mind you, it was, like what, it was like it was like September. I said, before winter? That means we just signed a brand new lease. How do we get out of this? How do we do? Now, this is what happens. We start rationalizing in our mind, if God really blessed me with this, which he did, all of I've been testified about this. Ooh, the man came and said, I'm gonna I'm give you all this at, at this this I'm gonna write this price down here for y'all. I'm gonna give it to y'all. This price, nobody else around here has this price. And I checked. And nobody else had that price. The man, oh yeah, I believe in what y'all are doing. Y'all, I'm, I'm saved. I'm a Christian too. I'm gonna bless y'all. I talked to the owner, he said, y'all, we I could do this price for y'all and gave us a lower price and everybody in the whole, all the units. I'm like, ooh, look at what God's doing. Look at how God's blessing us. Ooh, look at what God's doing. I don't care what man, the fame of God is on us. And God says, leave it. Why? Because God is checking to see, am I willing to walk away from it although he gave it to me? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is what we we say, if you gave this to me, God, then why I got to leave it? Because he's testing your heart. He's testing you because he wants to know, are you so attached to it that you can't follow me? And even if I only gave it to you for five months, it was five months better than what you had. You lived in this for five months better, longer than what you ever had over the last six years of preaching. But you lived in this because I want you to taste something. Ooh, I, want you to, I want you to see what it, what it feels like to be comfortable again. I want, you to feel like, I want you to see what it feels like to have multiple floors, to have multiple bedrooms. I want you to see what it feels like to have privacy and space. Now that you felt it, leave it. What is he doing? He's testing to see whether or not our heart is attached to what he gave us rather than our heart being attached to him. Anything you're not willing to walk away from or let go of, even if God gave it to you, it now has ownership over your life. It takes ownership. It takes ownership. Now, the question is how many things are ruling us? How many things are really ruling us? How many things that, can't we, that we can't walk away from? How many, how many persons can we not walk away from? That, that is ruling us. That rules us. Nothing or anybody should have so much rule in our life that God can't have preeminent rule. Ooh. So for my last minute, look at the, just write down Luke 12. Luke 12. I don't have time to read it. Luke 12, verses 18 through 21. Luke 12, 18 through 21. Because this, this is the rich man. His main desire was to enlarge or accumulate or get more of what he had. For himself. It was all about him. Some people just want to be blessed so that they can have more stuff for themselves. They don't want to be blessed so that they can be a kingdom citizen that is able to distribute more for the kingdom. They want to be blessed for them. But the man in Luke 12, watch this, he, his main desire was, I need to have more for me. I want bigger barns. I want to have more for myself. A believer who thinks like this is a person who, who this, who possesses and has this kind of heart, is a person who never really gets to enjoy the prosperity that God has for them. Right. You don't really enjoy it because it's all about getting the next. Right. Right. Notice what God told him. He said, listen to what God said to him. He said, this very night, your soul is going to be required of you. Then he said, and then this is what God said. Then whose shall whose shall those things be? Who's gonna take your stuff when you when when watch this when you leave this earth? That you provided for them. Right. What God was saying to him was this if you're not willing to leave it for me, then I'll I'll I i i will not blow on your stuff, I'll blow on your life. And then he said, the question is, who's gonna get your stuff? that you killed yourself accumulating. Right. Think about that. All the stuff that we that we were killing ourselves for, kill ourselves, going, going in, going in. If anybody was to die, right. guess what? The person who died is not here to tell everybody else how to distribute it. I watch. I'll, I'll end with this. I watch, and, and uh, we'll we'll finish up with this next Tuesday. I when when my when my mom died, I was um like close to eleven years old, and I I watched how my aunts came to my house, and started and was going in almost fighting over her stuff, yeah. dresses and perfumes from Paris and all this stuff that my mother had, and I watched in an hour. Mm. Everything from her closet to her dresser drawers, be emptied out. And I love aunts. To aunts and, and, and nieces who didn't even value her that much. Right? right? But this is, my, my, this is my, mom, my mom's mentality. This is what she taught us. She said, when I'm gone, she said, I got this stuff because at any time, and I watch my mother go and buy $300, $400 bottles, bottles of perfume and go and bless women in the church with it. I couldn't understand it. I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? Because when, when, when you're 10 years old, $300 is like a million dollars. Right. I'm thinking, that's a lot of money for you to be giving away stuff. Mm-hmm. Going buy dresses and, and with the tax on them and call people over and say, just go in and take what you want. I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? That's what I was thinking. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And one day I, I, I sat down and she, she saw my concern one day and sat me down and said, listen, when I leave here, I have no control over none of this stuff. But while I'm here, these are seeds that's gonna bless your life when I'm gone. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all missed what I said. She said, these are seeds that are gonna bless your life when I'm gone. You wanna know how it blessed me? Because the older I got, the more those pictures started coming back to my mind. I started realizing that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So I, I started living a blessed life at an early age. The favor of God started coming upon me at an early age because I realized that everything I got was not only for me. Yeah. To this day, my family, my children, they all tell you, even over tell you, God bless you or something, and I'll be like, I tell it, this is, not, this, is, this is not for me. I just bought a good watch. This ain't for me, though. Because when I'm buying it, Holy Spirit will tell me, don't take the wrapper off of it. And if I do take the wrap off, he says, don't get comfortable with it. Right. You, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? He can speak to me about stuff that I, that I have, but it's not mine. Right. Everything I look at, I go in my closet, I thank God every day. Lord, I thank you for all the stuff you allow me to accumulate. Thank you for all the stuff that's in boxes, folded. I can't even wear. It. Thank you. But Lord, if, if you tell me to, this can go to anybody. Amen. And I ask him daily, do you want me to give any of this in anyway? Who do you want me to give this to? What do you want me to do? Because I didn't buy it only for me. I keep my stuff up because at any time God can say, take, all, take the whole roll and bless somebody. Yeah. Take the whole roll and bless somebody. You want to know what? A lot of times when I had no money, you want to know how I got blessed? Mm-hmm. I would take of my stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take of my substance. we take of our food mm-hmm. and bless another family. Yeah. Yeah. Feed another household. Yeah. Why? I don't always have the money, right. but I always have seed. Mm. I don't always have money but I always have seed and you don't, you don't have to have money to get blessed you just have to have seed that he's given to sower stand on your feet God gives seed somebody say I'm a, I'm a sower now let me say this sowers are intelligent sowers are super intelligent you know what that means you can find, you can find seed anywhere you can find, find seed anywhere I have so much seed to give clothing, food, possessions. Anything we buy, I try not to buy it secondhand. I'm going to tell you why. second secondhand it has to be in immaculate shape. Because, because this may not be for us. I even buy as a sower. I buy as a sower. You want to know why? Because if this is a seed, I want it to be the best seed. If this seed is gonna be the best seed I've ever given, my wife said. Um, she said a few weeks ago I, I talked about going. I gave a prophetic word or something to about going go in your closet and clean everything. And my wife took that literally. She went to her closet, went in all the kids' closet. She cleaned like, everybody's stuff. And got bags and boxes and boxes and bags and bags and boxes. And I said, what? and then got the word today that they're gonna need clothes in Barbados. I've been praying, Lord, what do you want us to do with this stuff? What do you want us to do with all these clothes and shoes and kids stuff and all this stuff? What do you want? I got suits and shirts and what do you want us to do? The need opened up and I instantly heard God say, you are saving it for now. God will always give you an opportunity to sow something. If your heart is attached to it, you'll have a hard time parting with it because you believe you'll never get another like it. But if you really believe that He gives seed to the sower, you'll sow it with joy. Because all you're doing is setting yourself up for bigger and better than what you gave out. My first, the first time that anyone ever blessed me with suits. I gave away my clothes years ago, years ago. I was a young guy before I got married. I was giving away suits and clothes and shirts and stuff that I was buying myself. Going down to Manhattan, 125th Street, and buying suits and clothes and had all-color jackets and stuff. And the Lord would say, "A new brother coming to the church, the Lord would say, bring him to your house and give him your clothes. I said, oh, Lord, come in here. just take a couple. The man wiped me out. Took all my suits. <laughs> he said, Jesus, help me. Now watch this. That happened three or four times. We got married, started passing the church, had no more money, had nothing. I was wearing that was our first member. Say, so I was wearing run over Timberlands. Seriously, run over Timberlands. I had one suit, a black suit that was as shiny as ugh, patent leather with 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 Vaseline on it. I had a one black suit that I just kept ironing. It was just I just had to iron it. I couldn't do nothing, but it was just ironing. Was just, I had one shiny black suit. And it wasn't Sharks and it was just a black suit, a wool suit, it's kept iron. And I had that one black suit and I had a couple of shirts, t-shirts. I was preaching in the in New York, with, in, our, in the building where we were in had no, no heat. I'm preaching, and you remember them days, Shaq, I was preaching in the winter with no heat, below below weather freezing, with a t-shirt on and a scarf, hollering. They, they, they were like, look at the hole was coming up out of his head because I was so hot. And the, and the steam was coming up out of my head. They were like the Holy Ghost coming up out of them Seriously. And I had no clothes. I had no clothes. I had nothing. One suit, three or four T-shirts, one button-up shirt, one pair of jeans, and a run-over pair of Timbaland shoes, boots, because I'm a New Yorker. You gotta have one pair of Timberlands. Watch. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. One night I'm just praying, praying to God. I'm heard. I'm like, God, I'm giving you everything I got, and I just need you. And the Lord said, Don't go to murmuring and complaining. I said, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for what you're going to do. I just spent an hour thanking him. I said, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Long story short, they called me to work for Kelly Price. I got it. Her husband called me and said, Kelly wants to work with you. She wants you to do her gospel album for her. She wants you, want you to do? produce the whole entire album. I said, well, I could buy some suits now, thank you, Jesus. I could buy some suits because it wasn't going to be a, a little tiny bit of money. It was going to be a good piece of money. I was like, Lord, I thank you, hallelujah. I get to the house. The husband walks me in this, in this long closet and says, these are, these are custom suits. I got all these custom suits made for me. They're like a $1,000 a suit. I got all these custom suits made for me. He's like, and I can't fit none of them no more. He goes, what size suit you wear? I told him a size suit He goes, man, these are like one size up. You can take all these in the tail and get them cut, man. These would be, be perfect. Go ahead and pick out any suit you want. And I said, Huh? go up in here, pick out any suits you want. I started, to, you can tell me twice, and start putting stuff down, like, let's go! Let's go, let's go, let's go! Let's go, come, come over here, I got, I got, come and look in this bin, I got Louis Vuitton, I got Gucci ties, I got Louis Vuitton ties, I got all these ties, and the ties are about $300 each, just pick any ones that go with the suits. I said, do you mind if I take a couple extra than the ones that go with the suits, cause I love ties. Take whatever you want, I took ties, a whole handful of them. And I got on a plane to come home from Texas, After working with her on the album, I got on a plane. I wouldn't let go of the ties. I'm sitting on a plane holding a handful of ties because I couldn't believe what God had just done for me. I'm sitting on a plane. The man comes to me at first glance and says, Sir, you have to let go of the ties. We got to put them up somewhere. I said, I'm not going to let go of the ties. I put my seatbelt on. I held the ties in my hand. And I cried from Texas all the way to LaGuardia Airport because I couldn't believe what God had just done. I walked home with around about $10,000 worth of suits. All because years earlier, when I I had to pay for it myself, and God said, sow it, that was seed. It took close to 15 years, 10 years or so, for that seed to come back. But when it came back, I didn't have room to receive it. Sometimes what God will call you to do now, you won't see it for a few more years. But when you see the return on the investment, God reminded me as I sat there crying, He says, What are you upset about? I said, I'm upset, I'm happy. He said, Yeah, He said, the same way, look at you, you're crying holding those ties, the same way the young men were crying holding the ties in your house. When you did the same thing for them, but for me, my suits only $200. But it felt like $1,000 each because I paid for them get what I'm saying? But when it came back, I had my pick of $1,000 suits. I let go of $200 suits. I got as many $1,000 suits as I could put in in a suitcase. Why does God do that? Because when it's time for you to live the blessed life, the return is much bigger. The harvest is much bigger. I had a hard time carrying the suitcase home. And I cried. Boy, so what happened? I said, look at this, look at this, look at this. I didn't even have enough money to get all the suits tapered. They sat in the suitcase for about six months. I was just happy to have them. I did one at a time. I came to church and wore the first suit. Like <clears throat> I'm preaching today. I just like the it's the whole service. I'm preaching today from the... <laughs> Flex it. Lord, I love you. Right? This is the thing. When God blesses you, He's not going to bless you because you begged Him. He's, you're going to start living a blessed life because of what you gave when He told you to give. Lift your hands up. We are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Say, I'm a blessed individual. You were so blessed that when God requires something of you, your answer should just be, yes, Lord. Because I know on the other side of this, on the other side of me, so it hurts now, but it's going to be a blessing to me on the other side of this. Somebody shout, there will be another side. And on this side it may hurt, but let me tell you something, saints. On the other side of this, it's going to be a blessing to you. You're going to have so much that you're not going to have room enough to receive it. On the other side, you're not going to have enough space for your, in your house. On the other side, your bills will be paid. On the other side of this, God will open up doors. On the other side of this, people won't stop putting keys in your hand. On the other side of this, but God is saying, now don't be afraid to let go our hands are lifted we refuse to leave this place tonight without telling you thank you without becoming who you've called us to be and Lord we know that you consistently make a way you consistently come through for us but tonight open our eyes to all the seed that we have in our lives some of us God we don't have any money we may not have the possessions the way we should but we have seeds of wisdom we can impart into somebody else we can help somebody else's life we have seed of it we have the seed of encouragement that we can bless somebody else with God our heart is God do for us in another season what we do for somebody else in this season and we realize and know that on the other side it will come back to us good measure pressed down shaken together running over we will see it on the other side tonight our hands are lifted in your presence and we thank you for working everything out of us that's not like you lord help us to be okay with growing in this for some of us it's scary the idea of this is scary of not holding on to our stuff gripping it so tightly but god as we practice this principle as we practice living the blessed life as we practice being doers and hearers of your word as we practice meditating your word help us As we practice, let this become our life. Let the blessed life become our life. Let the blessed life become our life. Let the blessed life become our life. And we thank you tonight for victory. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in the Bahamas. We hold them up tonight. We hold up our brothers and sisters in the Bahamas in prayer tonight. We pray for God, for their safety. We pray for the children that are suffering, the parents that are suffering, the churches that are suffering give us the heart of compassion as we sow and as we get orders to sow on this Sunday give us God the heart of compassion let us take from our abundance and be a blessing to those that don't have God you've called us not just to be blessed but you've called us to be a blessing and we honor you tonight thank you God that we're stepping into the blessed life our hearts are becoming hearts that will hear and do your word and we thank you tonight God we don't hold anything so tightly that if you told us to give it we won't give it and we honor you tonight god we honor you tonight god thank you that you tested our hearts and you tested us time and time again and we declare tonight god that whatever you say do we will do wherever you say go we'll go and we honor you for the rest of our days it'll be like that and we thank you for your word tonight in jesus name somebody give god a praise come on